I didn't sign up to kill unicorns. Welcome to Storybroke! Miserably ever after. I haven't had nicotine in nine days. Mads! And I guess I'm destined to become a really lame, sappy mushroom forager, Elaine. Oh my god, I need I need backstory on that. I was it's from Jefferson. Uh, it's my observation of Jefferson for this episode. Whenever he's childless, he's like this cool, suave, witty, like snarky badass. And then when we see him the first time and he's got a child, he's this soft, sappy, I don't want to do that. I lost my wife that way. That's the backstory I want. But he loses his edge because he had a kid. And I guess that's me now. <laughs> yeah, he does feel like two completely different characters sometimes. He's more like he's more like his uh, his storybook character in the past. Oh, yeah. Um, which I really like. Uh, I really like him in this episode. I like any time this man is on this show. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he's very pretty in this episode. But uh, <laughs> He's a little uh, forced, but that's not his fault. No. All right. Hi. Okay. Hi. How was your Thanksgiving? It was all right. I ate a lot of food. Um, <laughs> I've, been, I've been wanting to uh, pull out my nails. Because oh. of I've been I quit smoking and vaping oh. and everything cold turkey. Oh, cold turkey, good good phrase for this time of year. Uh huh. I'm sorry. I'm like, yeah, which is what <laughs> led to me um, anxiety shaving my face yesterday because it smelled it good. It smelled like smoke. Oh. And I realized it was like that that I was smelling, so I buzzed it down, and now I'm like. <laughs> so you got a good face so it works out hey yay i feel so naked but also so much more like soft and ephemeral and feminine i'm gonna shave completely but i just buzzed i haven't showered yet today so i still gotta do that i believe in you <laughs> showering what's that like i have a kid uh, yeah. does everyone know i have a kid i have a kid <laughs> i don't have a kid i just have the big sad <laughs> sometimes i'm so sorry that's all right Anywho, but you know who else has big sads? What? Regina. Oh, God. (laughs) (sighs) I don't dislike this episode. I do enjoy it, especially after last week's mess. But this episode does have some discussion points. I enjoyed how, uh, as you were about to see, dear audience, how cut and dry all three plots were for this one, even though there are some holes that I'm going to poke into some of those plots because there are some things that don't make sense. Um, but luckily they're all pretty straightforward and, and fun. They were fun plots. Should we get to it? Let's Let's get into it. Here's the basic plot. Once upon a time, Rumpelstiltskin was losing patience with Regina's refusal to murder in her quest for magic power, especially once he learned she only wanted to learn magic to bring her dead fiancé back to life. Since nothing could bring the living back from the dead, he dismissed her. Luckily, Jefferson the Portal Jumper popped in to save the day and brought over a wizard of sorts who only needed an enchanted heart to bring the dead back to life. Regina gave him one of her mother's many collected hearts and the enchanted body of her dead beloved stable boy, and he went to work. Unfortunately, the procedure didn't work. 
and Regina's wardrobe and personality became instantly more evil, making her a prized student, which is exactly the deal Rumpel, Jefferson, and Dr. Victor Frankenstein had made. The doctor took the now pilfered, unused, enchanted heart back to the land without color and brought his brother back from the dead with the power of science. Science. Meanwhile, in the present day enchanted forest, our favorite girl group returned to the refuge to, to discover all of their peers dead with their hearts ripped out, except for one sole survivor with great eyeliner and a missing hand, who Mulan knew as a blacksmith. Emma's superpower randomly returned and sniffed through his story of playing dead under the bodies as Korra wiped out the villagers, and she threatened to feed him to the ogres if he didn't fess up. Swayed, Captain Hook offered to switch sides to help them instead of Korra if they promised to let him portal hop with them. All he needed was for them to help him get his compass back from the giant at the top of the beanstalk. Meanwhile, meanwhile, in Storybrooke, Regina's plan to abstain from magic is hijacked when Dr. Whale finds out that the other worlds still exist. Thinking she can get him back to his land without color, he steals Daniel's body and an enchanted heart from her vault and brings Daniel back to life, which costs him his left arm once Daniel wakes up as an arm-removing monster. David helps Regina track down Daniel at the stables where Henry is grooming his brand new steed. Regina is able to soothe the savage beast long enough for him to beg her to let him go because he can't control the monster within that came along with the life-giving procedure. Her heart broken again, she finally releases him using her magic, hoofing his body to gently blow away in the wind. And Regina has a big set. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I really enjoy this episode because... It's just, it's so much better after last week, which was, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> it's not a great episode. This is just so much better that it feels yeah, good. In, in comparison, it's a better episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a great episode in comparison. The uh, bar was at the core of the earth. <laughs> and this one, this one surpassed it. Good job. Mm-hmm. So uh, should we get into it? Let's get into it. Okay. So Enchanted Forest present day. The, the ladies are heading back from um, le- finding out Lancelot's dead. Yeah. And they're arguing about how to tell the townsfolk that Lancelot's dead. Should they go into the hole, how it's been Cora all along? Or... Luckily, they won't have to do that at all because everyone's dead. Yay! Because Cora has the, the power of magic, so she was able to get back to the town long before their little feet could carry them and do a murder. And we actually see blood again on this show. We actually have yeah. a good bit of blood. This yeah. episode might have been our blood budget. We've got severed limbs. We've got bloody yeah. stumps. We've got chest holes. Yeah. This one was mostly chest holes to me. I didn't find it too gruesome. Uh, but I've seen a lot of hearts get ripped out of chests. It's just that usually it's this clean it's this clean rip. And Cora made sure to make it a messy rip this time. Which usually, was, yeah. Because we haven't seen like a, a messy heart rip this season it's always magic and there's no hole you just don't even know that their heart's gone but in this instance she wanted you to know yay continuity yeah because if she crumbles it they just like have a heart attack and die yeah 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 but they're just they're just yeah this i like that snow is able to recognize cora's twisted and evil methods Mm -hmm. um she's seen it before she goes back and forth 
She goes back and forth between knowing the full extent of how bad Cora was and not knowing the full extent of how bad Cora was. Yeah, which is going to be a problem as this season goes on. <laughs> uh, yeah. A major, a major problem. A uh, a giant plot hole, if you would. Uh, I hate later part of the season. <laughs> I don't like any of that. I don't like any of that at all. Yeah, me, me neither. It's wishy-washy uh, and we haven't even gotten yeah. there yet and I'm already mad about it. I also like that this humble blacksmith can't help but wear his nine freaking rings. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, he's a blacksmith, so maybe he practiced some jewelry making, too. Oh, yeah. Um, those are separate professions. Uh, not in Dungeons and Dragons. It's not. They are in Guild Wars 2 and in Final Fantasy 14 online. They hit MMO from Square Enix. Or the- ask me how I know in Dungeons and Dragons or not. Ask me how I know. How how do do Because Felinda the Barbarian. <laughs> That's me. I'm Felinda the Barbarian. Felinda she also the writes Barbarian. fan fiction. The uh, fanfic author, jewelry maker, and blacksmith extraordinaire. If if that fantasy world had had awards for authors, she would have been an award winning <laughs> fantasy writer. Oh my god! <laughs> Best selling. I, I totally missed my opportunity for season four, if we survived, for Rail to ask uh, Hastamoff if we could print, you know, a new edition of the Layla and Malcolm series. But this version uh, will have the cover from the play, uh-huh. the poster from the play on the cover. Because people love that. Who would have had me on it? <laughs> I'm a dwarf. Okay, but <laughs> sorry, I forgot where we were. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Okay, so they find they find the blacksmith hiding under these dead bodies, and he's playing the whole "I was a coward and I hid to survive" thing. Um, and Mary Margaret Snow White uh, foreshadows a little bit. Um, uh, you know, you're safe now. We're not going to hurt you. A little bit of foreshadowing because Emma does not agree. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Emma is like, uh, yeah, yeah, you're good. You're safe. <laughs> Till and, you're not. Yeah. yeah. She, I, I, I know, I'll get to it when we get to it. We switch scenes mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Granny's Diner. Uh, yes. <laughs> David commits an assault on <laughs> Dr. Whale, who just came to I, say hi. <laughs> to be <laughs> fair, no <laughs> to be fair, I hate it. Um, yeah, it was awful. It was a bad call. It's such stupid dude. This is, this is what we're talking about when we talk about toxic masculinity. Yes. There's no reason to um, attack Dr. Whale. There's, that was for there's no reason. That was for sleeping with my wife. Catherine? No, Snow. Oh, we were cursed. I didn't know. Yeah, we were cursed. <laughs> yeah, I get it. So let's, let's point this out. You were cursed. Your, your wife slept with Dr. Whale while she was cursed and could not remember who she was. Mm-hmm. You cheated on your curse world wife. With Snow White, fully aware that you were married. Oh yeah, oh yeah, super hypocritical. But a- you're gonna go punch the guy that was the cheater. He just he can't he can't. Yeah, it was a consensual. It was that consensual, wasn't a dude. cheater. Yeah, it was yeah. consensual. Everyone everyone knew what they were doing, except they were cursed, so they didn't know who they were doing it with. Yeah, like we could talk about the ethics of of uh, if one person were cursed and one person is not cursed. Oh, no, we've already talked about the ethics of that, uh-huh, Regina. Uh-huh, yep. When um, two cursed people, when two cursed people decide to have consensual sex together, 
Yeah, luckily the show never makes that mistake again. Um, which episode <laughs> is Lacey? <laughs> I hate it so much. It's coming up. <laughs> I'm going to give that episode a one. <laughs> oh, God, that's going to be the next one. We're going to have two ones in one season. <laughs> and we love this season. I know, it's a good season, except for all the sh- <laughs> Okay, so Dr. Whale just came to David to ask him if it was true, if the rumors were true, are you really trying to find a portal, uh, a way to get people back from the other world? Also, the other world exists. The queen lied to us. He's like, consider the source. And it's not a rumor. It's not a rumor. I have no secrets from this town. I just haven't figured it out yet. So he's playing a little bit of politician which is mm-hmm. fine. He's a prince. He's a little bit of a politician. He's not a prince. He's a, he is a prince. He is a he's prince. He's not a prince. He's a king. I don't know. He's a king. Technically, he is a king. Even though he's, he's prince charming, he's married, has a kid. The line of su- succession is intact. He is a king. It depends. Um, so he, yeah. And that that's it. That's the whole thing is uh, Dr. Whale found out the other worlds still exist, which mean his world still exists. We haven't quite figured out where he comes from yet. Um, so we switch scenes now. Regina is going to Archie's office to start her 12-step program off of magic because apparently magic is an addictive substance, much like narcotics or alcohol. And mm. which in which case, if you've ever abused it, the only cure is to completely abstain from it completely or else you're a bad person hmm which Magic? i don't yeah which um i'm i'm gonna say i i don't have a whole lot of experience with addiction right the most the hardest thing i've been addicted to the hardest thing i've been addicted to is world of warcraft so i i don't have a whole lot of input but the way i see it is if she's not using her magic for bad mm-hmm. why can't she use magic? Well, uh, first off, I'm going to say uh, we should just put a couple bucks in the jar because I'm going to say that another television series did magic go. as a metaphor for addiction more successfully, even though it was also magic as a metaphor for addiction and their treatment of addiction as a disease was challenging. Mm. Um also, you know, like Elaine has known me for years. I have dealt with addiction. I have dealt with some problems with alcoholism uh, in the past and had to abstain for a long time. I did a different program uh, that's not 12 steps, but it is challenging called Refuge Recovery, which was more about why do I drink? What is my relationship to alcohol? Well, that's more like what she's on, because there's no way she's going back to every person she ever hurt with magic and apologizing to <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I would say that the the uh, the evil queen is much more, over the course of the show, going to wind up in a uh, refuge recovery kind of position, where she reevaluates her relationship with magic and abstains until she can make healthy decisions with it, if she so chooses to go forward with that. That's, like, yeah. You know, I drink yeah. on the show. I joke about drinking on the show. Um but my alcohol consumption is very measured nowadays. Yeah. I had gotten to a point uh, where I was uh, starting to get worried about my drinking, what with the uh, the pandemic especially. Um, but now that I have to monitor my drinking for um, baby's sake, mm-hmm. um, A, I didn't have any problems while I was pregnant with it. And B, it's at the point now I'm like, oh, huh, I guess I could have a drink now. 
eh, it's kind of an inconvenience. Yeah. yeah. And so, so I'm like, hey, good news for me. Not an alcoholic. Yay. Yeah. That that was that was actually like other people who know me. Like there were a couple of years ago where that would have been surprising. Uh, by a couple of years, I mean like ten years ago where that would have been surprise a surprising revelation to people. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> now it's like, yeah, we knew that. <laughs> yeah, my my drinking was absolutely because I had uh, clinical depression that I wasn't dealing with, mm-hmm. and after. Dealing with that, with medication and therapy for a few years, I've gotten to a point where I can have a couple drinks and it not be yeah. the end of the world, which is nice. Grief is what caused mine as well. Mm-hmm. Grief caused all of mine. And grief causes a lot of her, has caused, as we see in this episode, grief caused her full-on addiction to magic as well. And that's what I want to talk about in depth a little bit, um, which is mm-hmm. why I brought the whole thing up, which is yeah. as as a metaphor for addiction in this episode, magic is not handled well. It, it, it's not approached well. She has no trouble not using magic, really. She yeah. doesn't struggle with when she finally has to use it. The struggle is with having to make the decision, to me, in my opinion, mm-hmm. the struggle with is with having to make the decision to... In the life of her resurrected, to, to let him go. Beyonce. It's not that she has a proud struggle with magic; it's that she has mm-hmm. let him go. And then I'm going to jump ahead. I'm going to jump all the way to the end of this. What yeah, pisses me off? It. What pisses me off about how they handle the magic towards her recovery in this is that she uses her magic in a kind way to release the soul of her beloved from the torture that he is being put in. She used her magic for good. And then mm-hmm. she goes to, do- goes to Dr. Hopper crying about how she used magic. Like it's a failure and no, it's not a yep. failure. She didn't use magic for convenience. She didn't use magic uh, for like some frivolous bad thing. She used magic to actually let go of the person she didn't want to let go of. Um, I'm going to have to send myself a note to post a little bit about addiction recovery and a content warning at the beginning, because we do talk about it. And I know that uh, that is, uh, you know, still a trigger point and a, a, sto- a sore spot for a lot yeah. of people. But it, it bothered me so much that it was it was it felt lazy and disrespectful to people yes. who have dealt with addiction. Yes, um, I agree. Like, Buffy did a very after school special approach to it and it was tasteless, but I mean, it's Joss Whedon. So what do you expect? But (laughs) (laughs) I've turned around over the last 10 years, but we all have it. It just felt it. Yeah. It felt lazy. It felt disrespectful. It felt cheap and it, it was unearned. And if it were carried out and explored and it continued through the rest of the season, I would maybe give them some credit, but it. I think two episodes from now, it's just gone. This this storyline. Oh, is just, absolutely, yeah. absolutely! Like she gives up so fast on this whole trying to turn a new leaf thing. She gives like, up so fast. Like, like it's. it's, it's li- I want to say it's literally two episodes. It's like whenever you're saying that's it. After Thanksgiving, I'm going on my diet. No, I'm completely good. After Thanksgiving, I'm going on my diet. And then you eat one cookie and you're like, that's it. Diet's over. I guess I'm a bad person. And no, food does not make you good or bad. <laughs> Elaine personally attacked me just now. <laughs> no, I did not. I was like, okay, after Thanksgiving, we're going on a diet. And then yesterday I ordered Pops Bow Boys. <laughs> and that doesn't mean that, doesn't mean that you're a bad doesn't person. Mean I'm a bad and that person. also doesn't mean that your health plans are completely over. Because all you have to do yep. after you eat that pizza is start over again. 
Pops Po' Boys, not pizza. Whatever. Did I say I pizza? Po- I don't know. I was talking too fast. <laughs> I do eat a lot of pizza. Anywho. <laughs> I eat a lot of pizza. That's my that's my go-to comfort food these days. It's like, neither of us want to cook. Let's order from the pizza place. I didn't say its name. <laughs> it's 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 fast. a national chain. <laughs> it's fast. It comes in quickly. It's so, cheesy. It's got yes. veggies. It's the best. Yesterday, we mixed it up and got Chinese. Ooh. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't appreciate how they're treating magic. Like, yeah, you can talk about it. Would be addicting as heck to to have this power that makes your life a little easier. I get that, but treating it like as if using it entirely is what keeps you evil mm-hmm. is is convoluted. Magic, magic is inherently evil in this show, unless you're a fairy. Mm-hmm. Or the, or the chosen one. Or the chosen one. Which gets into a whole duality of like, you have no choice in whether you're good or bad mm-hmm. if you interact with magic. Mm-hmm. Which, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Not my jam. Also, hold on. Wait, I have this written down. Um, so, so I wrote this down. I was like, so using it's bad. So the boy who worked so hard to break the magic curse on the magical people from a magical land now also thinks that using magic is bad. Well, it makes me think of, uh, oh my God. I know that Henry doesn't specifically say it in this episode, but she's doing it for him. And I just smacked my microphone with my hand. Um, She's doing it for him. And so it's like, he, he believes in magic. He believes in these things. And they, they, it's like they forget how to write their own character who they wrote. (laughs) Well, it, it makes me think of uh, certain sects of early Protestant Christianity, where there was this idea that everything was predetermined according to God's ineffable design. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of Anglicans for a while believed this idea that people were predestined to be good or bad. So there is no real repentance. There's no real struggle. There's no free will. Everything is preordained, and your idea of free will is an illusion. And I'm like, ah, not for me. <laughs> yeah, no. No. Well, they dropped that one. They don't teach that one anymore. Yeah, well, you, most versions. Oh, so, sorry. Mo- I'm, most, I'm, yeah, you're a Episcopalian. I'm, I'm one of the good ones. I don't know. There are like 98,000 different. I know. I know I'm not supposed to say what one of the good ones. I'm just in, I'm just in an easier, <laughs> an easier to be do- denomination. It's easier to be my denomination. Ugh. Fair. So, hi, I'm Episcopalian. We love everybody. Woo. I, be- I, I love you. And I believe that your religious beliefs are fully valid. Just like you leave mine are fully valid. I do. I absolutely do. If I ever did decide to go to seminary, I would do comparative religion because I love how similar they all are. Done. Sorry. I know we're so far in the weeds from the hey. point of the episode. But I, so- I, I'm, I'm very serious about like, I, I think that the themes of this show in terms of predestination actually do are informed by the creators of the show that some people are just good and some people are just inherently bad. There's a, unless they work very, very hard towards redemption, but then it's a slippery slope. There's a very, very, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, you know, because we are in America there, some of the themes here are absolutely influenced by the Judeo-Christian background um, that is prevalent in the country 
let's like let's just call it Christian because it's let's just call it the white folks. Let's just call it, yeah, because it has it has very little to do with Judaism. I mean, there's no concept of hell in Judaism. Well, I just said Judeo-Christian specifically yeah. because that's the yeah Abrahamic faiths. Yeah, yeah, that's where the that that big old book comes from. Fun to read his literature. Good book. Uh, Fun to read his literature. Okay, so she's 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 in her um, recovery program with Archie, mm-hmm. and Doctor Whale bursts in, and this is like one of the times where we actually see Archie like get like professionally angry at a fellow doctor. <laughs> Good for him. Um, like he actually I didn't even raises, think about him being a doctor. He raises his voice, uh, which is like the only time we see him do that. Really, like. I I was pretty sure that Dr. Whale was going to get another punch thrown at him. This time he had it coming. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And Dr. Whale barges in and demands that Regina tell him the truth. He's like, uh, did my brother come over too? She was like, no, the curse only brought over the living. And he points out, that's not true. Your dad's here. Well, I was no Arch. Does Archie bring that back? Hold on a yeah, second. Archie brings it up. Archie brings that back. It only brought over the living. She apologizes for his loss. Uh, but she can't send anyone anywhere. That's not something she can do or else she'd have done it. Um, Whale gets snappy. Archie raises his voice and demands he, he leaves. And then Archie turns to Regina and goes, what you said isn't necessarily true. Your dad's whole grave came back with you. So... I think this is the most honest Regina ever is, which is where she just says, I don't care about them. Yeah. She's yeah. like she's being very frank. She's like, I don't care. I don't care about him and his brother. Yeah. They didn't even come up to me. So I was like, hmm. Yeah. Uh props so, for being honest at least. And then Archie's like, Okay, so now you're on an honest spell. I need you to keep being honest and I need you to trust me because if you want my help, you have to trust me here because stopping's gonna be a lot harder than starting. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. Then we go to the past to see how she started magic. And here's where we're going to get through the scene and I'm going to poke some holes in the plot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so they're training with a black unicorn and he wants her to pull its heart out. You know, just, well, she immobilizes it. She learns to freeze it. She's very excited. She knows how to freeze a unicorn. Um, and and he's like, good, now rip its heart out. He's, so as you said in a text, Please relive for me the most traumatic moment of your life. But yeah. you're the one inflicting it now. Yeah. Like, and it's, I think this is the core of the, re- this is the real core of why Regina is, is quote unquote evil. Mm-hmm. It's the reason why she lashes out. It's the reason why she's messed up. And the show never wants to address that. Like, she's like, well, my mother used magic. No, let's talk about it. Your yeah. mother killed the love of your life in front of you. Mm-hmm. She controlled you using magic your whole life. You have trauma about that. Yeah. Then she once again used magic to kill the love of your life in front of you. Those are major issues. I think that would have been a much more interesting story path to go along. Regina finding a a a, a way to look at magic outside of the perspective of parental violence. And we almost got it. So close. We almost got it early in the season when she started using magic on Henry and realized 
that she didn't want to be like that. Yeah. 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 This, it just makes me so mad because this was a great moment to do a show where you're breaking out of the cycle of abuse and trauma. And instead they're like, we're going to do a really lazy metaphor yeah. for addiction. Um, and, oh, oh, you know what else they're following? <laughs> instead, they're also doing, you know what? No matter what you do, you're doomed to be your mother. You're doomed to be your mother. You're doomed to be your mother. I do have a penchant for um, boxed wine and Laura <laughs> Kim's gonna love that one. <laughs> she doesn't listen to this episode. No. I said um, Laura Tab. I meant to say Xanax. Very different animal. <laughs> None of us can take painkillers. So, so Rumpelstiltskin's whole thing about wanting her to rip the heart out is once you rip the heart out, you control the animal. And that's power. You control them. But now that you've got it, you've seen it. Now do it yourself. Kill it. To which I wrote, if you oh, she says, if you already control it, why kill it? And then I wrote underneath that R.I.P. Graham. Mm. Yeah. It never goes away. I never let it go. If you think I'm going to let it drop, I will never let it drop. Even when I like Regina as a hero character, I will still be R.I.P. Graham. Fair. So there. So there. <laughs> so valid. So there. Um. Uh, I didn't sign up to kill unicorns. Magic is power. Until you can take power, you're not learning anything. Uh, I just love that line. It's why I made you read it. He wants her to consider to herself. Don't tell him. Figure out what's holding her back. In which the scene changes to Regina admiring Daniel in a glass casket. She's wearing this beautiful white beaded cloak as she looks at him in a glass basket. Here's my problem. Here's where, here's where I poke holes in the plot. She mm-hmm. just learned magic, right? She mm-hmm. learned magic sometime after Daniel died right? How did she enchant him into a frozen state so he wouldn't decompose in time? Because she did it. She admits she did it. She did it. This was not Cora doing it. She did it. I'm waiting. Damn. (laughs) I'm sorry. This is the most damn moment I've had about someone catching a plot hole that completely (laughs) sailed over my head. Since I went to see uh, X-Men First Class with uh, Laura, um, your bio sister and my adoptive sister, (laughs) Uh, we went to see X-Men First Class and um, there's a moment where one of the characters is standing outside of a ship and we're not supposed to know that they're Mystique, the audience, but they're Mm -hmm. actually Mystique. And Laura just goes, how did he get outside that fast? He was in the last scene. And I'm just like, God! Damn it, Laura! <laughs> she good like that. She's, She's good observant. like that. You do that too when we're watching TV, where like Shane and I have seen this show, and you have it, and you're like, Bloop. and we're like, how did you? And you're like, I know story structure. <laughs> every time, every time, we, whenever y'all were showing me American Horror Story for the first time, I'd be like, oh man, it'd be funny if this episode went this way, and you would both look at each other. <laughs> And I'm like, oh no, I did it again. I thought so. I thought it would be a bad idea. They did it, really. They did it. <laughs> Look, if we wanted to do a real, like, full time rant cast where we had, we could also have done uh, American Horror Story. Everyone has done American Horror Story rant casts. Let's be honest. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We would never be- beat Price Peters. We'll never beat Price Peters. And we'll never beat uh, Trixie and Katya. Oh. I want to be Trixie and Katya when I grow up. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's 
that's my biggest problem with this whole plot is that yeah. uh, she didn't ha- know magic in time to have preserved his body in such a swift fashion. Like he had just died. Like he's freshly dead. Like there's no decomposition. How'd she do it? She didn't know magic yet. She's already queen yeah. right now. Yeah, it's it's been a minute since uh, all that happened. Yeah. Damn. Huh. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but that white beaded robe, gorgeous. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> all right. So, uh, so we go back to Archie's office where she explains that she preserved Daniel's body in an enchantment mm-hmm. spell. He's dead but frozen and kept in her mausoleum. So Archie says that if she can't let go of the past, it'll still haunt her. Right. Uh, and to which she's like, okay, well, I see that this obviously isn't helping by. Uh, Keeping a corpse in your basement. Yeah. All right. So she's driving home in the rain. Okay. I'm going to have a whole thing here. She's driving home in the rain and she gets into, she nearly gets into a car accident, which causes her to stop. And when she looks up after hitting her brakes, she sees Daniel's body standing in front of the library. Uh, she looks away for a second. And when she looks up again, he's gone. Now, I, being in the profession that I am, I work for an accident reconstructionist. Uh, I wanted to know, I was like, well, she doesn't have a stop sign. Did that other car run a stop sign? So I rewound it and I confirmed she does not have a stop sign. Uh, but you can't see if the other car does or not. So I Google Earthed it. <laughs> I Google Earthed the you intersection. <laughs> This, this, like, where is this town? This town is in it's, Canada somewhere. It's in a town called Richmond. Uh, it is on the corner of 2nd and, uh, let me see, 2nd and, oh no, where is that link? Um, Monctor? Hmm, I can't pronounce it. I wrote it down. Uh, the link that I used is an opening. But, oh, oh, it's on 2nd Avenue and um, Moncton Street in St. Richmond, British Columbia. And it's the whole, it's the whole downtown strip of Storybrooke. Like the the diner is there and the shop across the street that the signs always being fixed is there. All the little stores are there. They use this little main drag of uh, Moncton Street in St. Richmond, British Columbia as as Storybrooke, Maine. Okay, if we ever get famous doing this show, which why? We have to to go there. Oh, and we live very tired husbands all around (laughs) British Columbia and be like, here. Here's where Emma got her heart ripped. <laughs> so the library, the building that they use for the library doesn't currently have a clock tower on it. Um, and it's an antiques mall. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, now I have to go there. I have to get an antique. Oh, yeah. It's a cute from little From the Storybrook Library. I have to get a book from the Storybrook Library. And we have to go eat at Cannery Cafe, which is Granny's Diner. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a very yes. cute little town. It's a very cute little town. So, yeah, I Google Earthed it. And from this Google Earth, I could tell that not only did <clears throat> the car that honked, the audacity, the audacity of a car that honks, um, the not only did they uh, have a stop sign, uh, she couldn't have made a right turn there either because it's a one-way street. <laughs> So, if you uh, honk at me while I'm driving, I will pull if, over and Like, cry. I understand <laughs> that if you realize, look, if I realize too late that I am running a stop sign, yes, I will honk because that's my bad. <laughs> that is my bad. But in the rain, please be a little more careful. So the person that honked was at fault. Regina did not cause, did not almost cause that accident. 
the person who ran the stop li- stop sign did. It was the honker all the honker. along. It was the honker all along. Because my this is what my brain did. I was like, well, they don't have a stop sign. Is there a traffic light I'm missing? Hmm, I don't see the reflection of a traffic light in all that rain. You'd see the red or the green light there. You know, if there was a... This is what I did instead of watching the episode. I Googled. Yeah. <laughs> I Googled Storybrooke Library and it already po- it popped up uh, this little town in Canada. Yeah. I, and I will say, well, not a bad episode. Mm-hmm. It is definitely lo- definitely not the most exciting episode. Well, from the basic plot, there's there's 45 minutes of three paragraphs worth of information. Mm-hmm. Like normally, there's so much more detail thrown in. This one was more atmospheric. As this scene, they started using uh, like horror movie tropes. Um, oh, big time! The way that they filmed it, the all of Regina's scenes here, or a lot of Regina scenes, have like the horror movie trope of the suspense. This one was dark and stormy, and then they had the. I mean, especially when ghost. she when she's when she's in the hospital. Oh, the hospital! They go straight Which up the, fl- the flickering yeah. lights. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the honking car had a stop sign. So, uh, uh, reconstructed. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag reconstructed. Reconstructed. Boom. Uh, I had to. Damn, I was going to say boom like traffic, but that means something different. Boom traffic. Boom. That means oh. something different. So uh, I took that one away. <laughs> so boom reconstructed. You're grounded. <laughs> 20 minutes in the chokey for Elaine. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, so so Daniel's out. Either that or Regina's hallucinating. So then we go to the stables. I I'm want- sorry. I'm sorry. You. I know that Daniel is the name of Regina's fiance, but mm-hmm. I just made the connection that David Nolan is basically Daniel from Ugly Betty. Like they're the same character. They have no depth. They're just there. <laughs> to facilitate the arcs of female protagonists and i want more of that so hey so <laughs> i want us to play betty i i was watching it with y'all remember mm-hmm. uh so i want us to pay special attention to this because in a few seasons this will become um irrelevant as well uh so <laughs> grandpa grandpa david prince charming has decided he wants to train Henry as a proper knight, right? So he gets him a proper knight steed and teaches him, you know, you have to form a bond with your horse. So you have to muck out their stable and you have to bond with them by brushing them and taking care of them. And the horse will eventually tell you when it's cool with you to ride them. So let's remember this in a couple seasons that he is being trained to be a knight, Camelot. Which is... A knight would have been a noble person or an elevated lay person. He is. He is not that. He's a prince. He is. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. He should be being trained still as being, a prince. He's still being trained in all this stuff that is supposed to look yeah. good. And then later, I'm just going to, spoilers, later on he says, well, I've never been trained as a knight. Bull. Sorry. Sorry, maybe you just yeah, failed at no, it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely that. I don't have um, any special skills, says the boy who brought about the breaking of a magic curse. I mean, says the, what we see, 11, when he stole a credit card and used it to yeah. buy uh, t- a ticket to Boston. Yeah. Like, with my own credit card, I would Tra- struggle to buy a ticket to any place outside of my town. Because Track down I- his closed adoption mother. 
Yeah. 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 Like that is, that's actually challenging stuff. Like I've I looked into getting a PI license and um, like they, they you nerfed have to be Henry. smart for that. I'm too they cute. nerfed Henry so much and it makes me sad. He should have been way more badass than he ends up being. I'm just pointing out he's cute. Oh yes. He's very cute. I was going to say no one nerfed Shane. Shane's a badass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this episode. <laughs> I didn't even write any notes. <laughs> oh, so Regina goes to the mausoleum. Oh, uh, yeah. Regina goes to the mausoleum to find. Oh, he leaves Henry at the stable to take care of his horse. Here, bond with your horse. Bye. I'm going to check on the dwarves. Peace. Uh, Rumble still skin questions whether Regina is ready and assumes she's wasting his time. Uh, so this is where she says, okay, here's why I want magic. I don't want power. I want to bring my, my dead beloved back from the dead. And he's like, oh. Nothing can do that. Even I can't do that. Nothing can do that. Is That's all you want. You are wasting my time. Uh, so no. And here's where Jefferson pops up. Jefferson pops up. He was supposed to get something that would help him uh, go to a land without magic. To which Jefferson's like, why would anyone want that? Because he can't portal jump to a land without magic. Right. Which is a fun little tidbit they threw in there. The energy of this scene. They play off each other real well. Is great. Yeah. However... It feels like if you've ever watched a sitcom where they have to do like a con or a setup of some kind. Yeah. It has the energy of that just minus the soundtrack. Like it's it's played so heavily, so clearly that this is a setup Mm -hmm. that if Regina weren't in her innocent character, I would have a hard time with it. Her innocent character. Uh, Oh, golly gee willikers. I could never kill an unicorn. This is this is literally where I, I popped up with the whole Jefferson without a kid has a weird personality, uh, completely different from how we first met him, where he was like the sweet doting dad who's a normal person. Mm-hmm. Um, I did enjoy the, you know, you didn't get the one thing I wanted. Yeah, well, do you want the ball or not? Mm, yes. <laughs> the, their little play off of each other on that made me <clears throat> laugh. Um, it, they have great chemistry. They do. It's because they're both fantastic actors. Oh, and God, they're, yeah. They're, they're both great comedic actors. Yeah. Like, the two of them have this great comedic timing. Also, I just want to note that this is our last episode with the Hatter. Oh, oh, I just realized that it was he was trying to get the, was it the ruby slippers he was trying to bring back? Mm-hmm. Okay. He was trying to get the slippers. That. Oh, so this does confirm my question that I have later is, does Dorothy come from the same land as uh, Dr. Frankenstein? Maybe, maybe. The land without color. No, Dorothy's not from the land without color because Jefferson can portal to the land without color. The slippers will bring you back to our world, the normal world, the regular world, the land without magic. That's why Rumpelstiltskin wants them. Got it, got it. I see. They will take you to the land without magic. I'm, yep. I was too busy um, still thinking of traffic stops to pay attention to this scene while I was taking notes. <laughs> no, I, I really enjoyed the scene. The scene set <laughs> no, me on a good, deep dive. I enjoyed the scene. That's why I was like, oh, yeah, I know I like this scene. Let me finish writing my notes about Google Earth. And uh, uh, yeah, this was the best scene in the episode. It's it's so good. It was it's so fun. Good. It had good energy. I just missed the slippers. Uh, yeah. Jefferson doesn't. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So. 
Jefferson, he tells Jefferson to take as much gold as he deems appropriate, which is fun because he can make more. What does he care? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jefferson's like, thank you. Yeah, I, I love him. They are so, they are so over the top big on this. And this is the reaction I used to have when Elaine would point me uh, to where the whiskey in her house was kept. I was just like, <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know where that is. Myself. I was like, I'll get more. It's fine. I get the cheap stuff. It's fine. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. So, so he, he shoes Regina off and tells her she needs to stop living in the past. To which I respond, dude, let people grieve. You are the king of grudge holding. Stop let other people the live past. their lives. Yeah, let other people live their lives, Mr. Stop Living in the Past. Mm. Like mm-hmm. your whole raison d'etre is not to uh, go to the land without magic to recover your son. Yeah, yeah. Stop He's- living in the past. <laughs> and also, you know, chip teacup. Kept my teacup. Yes, Jesus. Uh, I do really like Regina's brown outfit, and of course, I love. I, I, at first, it took me a while. It took me a while on this brown outfit because the skirt is awkward. It's a long skirt because Regina mm-hmm. is demure. She's. A, I. But I like it. Like it grew on me. I finally like it. I liked. Um, well, we'll get into it. We're not at the scene yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Jefferson's like, hey, he's wrong. I know this one guy. And if he can't do it, then absolutely it can't be done. But I'm pretty sure he can do it. You want me to bring him to you? I'll just go. I'll go hop his, over. His delivery of that whole bit where Regina is watching after gold. And Sebastian Stan slinks up behind her, stands behind her. Pardon me. <laughs> it's just so loud. He's like standing right on top of her when he says it. Yes. <laughs> It's and, so good. It's funny. It's it's mm-hmm. great. And she's just like, in <laughs> her little in her little innocent voice. Uh, so so all he wants in return is a royal passport to to have free range traveling over the kingdom because she's the queen, so she can do that, right? Yeah. How am I supposed to get that? Well, you're the queen. Oh, I am. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Proving once again that Regina was never out for the power. Yeah. She's sweet and innocent. She didn't want any of this. It's just true, which is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just true. All right, back in the Enchanted Forest, Emma and Mulan ponder and chat about Hook. So Emma's superpower jumps back in with a vengeance, despite its failing her repeatedly in season one. It's here to stay this episode. I, I like <laughs> the interpretation that it wasn't failing her. She just assumed it was somehow on the fritz or whatever because she was doubting herself. Mm-hmm. Though, mm, even nope. in the context of this show, Doesn't hold up. her superpower might have been failing just period because she was doubting, like actually failing because she was mm-hmm. doubting herself. I mean, because mag- self-actualization is a major part of how magic works in the show. Yes. Yes, that's true. But there were times where she was very confident in herself, but obviously being lied to. All of the Sydney stuff. Yes, fair. All of the Sydney stuff. She was very confident in, in that. Like, she was going to get it done. And it failed her there. So that's why I'm... You, you're right. You're right on that. But also. Uh, but in this case, it's nice to see that it's it's working. Mm-hmm. because she just wants to get home. She doesn't have time for this. Uh, also, a man who wears eyeliner that well can't be telling the truth about being a simple blacksmith. Yeah. Uh, they, <laughs> they did that thing you hate. They poured water into the cup, but because they had to do this take multiple times, there's no water in that cup when he drinks from it. 
<laughs> I see your face. You knew where I was going with it. <laughs> That's in my notes. <laughs> it, so much. it has no weight. The cup has no weight. That's a Why heavy did I say cup that too. In the same way that uh, uh, God, what's his face? What's their face said? Uh, that soda has no taste, Anthony. <laughs> That cup has no weight, Elaine. <laughs> so, so I like that. He's like, well, I can, you know, I can help you find the ruins to find the portal. And he's like, I can help you. I know this land well. And Emma goes from zero to knife in hair pull seconds. Mm-hmm. Like, she's like, nope. And I was like, oh, she is, this is, she is sleep deprived. This is sleep deprived Emma, I think. She's not sleeping well on the ground. Meanwhile, my degenerate self was like, Oh, <laughs> is this a ship? I'm, yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. Congratulations. It is. Which they make very apparent in the next episode. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, if you had any doubts, the next episode, he's like, yeah, that could be a ship. Mm, I don't know. The next episode, like, oh, it is. Dang. I'm not as creative as I thought I was. I mean, look, when it comes to, um, outwardly heterosexual ships because let's be real they're both by and disasters um one of my favorite pairings is idiot and the woman who will kill him (laughs) (laughs) like i'm here for that like that is that is 100 percent an idiot and the woman who will kill him (sighs) anywho i just watched wreck it ralph uh (laughs) <laughs> that's wait funny. what's the ship there oh, oh, it's the oh samus and mario yeah it's not the side samus characters. and not mario yeah 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 oh sorry i enjoyed it um <laughs> it's a good movie in, huh it's a good movie i it's fell asleep movie. the first time we watched it uh i watched it at your house but i was mm-hmm. too tired everyone was like let's watch this movie right now and it's like 10 o'clock at night. It was like after a party where we had been drinking and eating. And y'all decided to watch Wreck-It Ralph because I had never seen it. And so I fell asleep immediately. And then everyone got mad at me for falling asleep during such a great movie. I was like, I was tired and I I had had a couple and I just wanted to go to bed. It was nap time. But now I've watched it and I'm like, hey, that is a great movie. I enjoyed it. It's a good movie. Uh, So, yeah, Regina goes to find Dr. Whale in the psychiatric ward because her body's missing. Right, because Daniel's body's missing. Then we cut. Right. We don't. We don't even stay at that scene. Next oh, scene. I just want to point out um, mm-hmm. because I finally looked it up. Mm-hmm. The reason he is called Doctor Whale is because of the name of the director of uh, the 1931 version of Frankenstein. Oh, okay. Which also, if you all don't know, Frankenstein is my favorite book. Nice. Period. It is my favorite book. It is a book I have read and reread hundreds of times. So I was super excited for any inclusion of that story, even though it's not great. Um, <laughs> actually feel like his characterization of Victor as arrogant, um, basically a pseudo intellectual who thinks he's completely correct was pretty spot on. Oh no, the actor is um, amazing. Yeah. I also, I'm, we're coming into that scene right now where we meet Doc, Regina Jefferson Fine, Victor Frankenstein, or the doc, yes. as he likes to be called, in her castle. They do a little, I, I can't tell if it's just my eyes, but I watched very hard. They put a filter over him so that while he's in color while he's here, his colors are a little dimmer than everyone else's. Yes. Because he's from a land with no color. 
Yes. And um, it's one of those things where I thought that I my eyes are just going wacky because they've been doing that. But <laughs> it yeah, he's he's yeah. slightly he's got a filter over him, like he's a little grainier than everyone else. It's pretty neat. I also love that they have him in a Howie coat, which is where the the it's a factoid mm-hmm. I had grabbed from IMDb, but costuming I know, which is where the the buttons are up top mm-hmm. and the front is a flat front, and that's mm-hmm. better splash resistance, better for protection from contaminants. It's actually why if you saw doctors and nurses during uh, that big, you know pandemic thing we had Mm -hmm. they were typically wearing things that covered the whole flat front of their chest i just got i some our our uh our industry our industry uh source who occasionally gives me tidbits had just tagged me in something where someone was talking about how the last big big budget thing he was a part of was once upon a time and they were given like amazing costuming budgets and it was like one of the best industry jobs he had had um wow yeah not surprising no it, it, <laughs> the costuming i was, on glad, this show to, is so I was good. glad i was glad to read that it was a pleasant experience <laughs> yes because you don't always hear that from uh th- this company's stuff bidneys Bidney. Bid- Bidney. Uh, yeah yeah so I, I was happy to see that um thank you once again industry source who mm-hmm. prefers to remain unnamed <laughs> so um i i the I beginning of this because it was network because i've heard good things about ABC? working in network television it's yeah abc yeah, i've heard good things about production well, it's a side steadier job right yeah it's a steadier job you've got a longer contract you have more time to do stuff yeah, I'm saying I wonder if it's not so much a thing where Bibney did correct, but where, it was because the al- it happened. The alphabet network. came to the rescue. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I don't remember exactly why I did this, but the scene started and I wrote, oh, young Regina mannerisms, so wide-eyed and so oh. light-voiced. Like, I like it. I get it. She's differentiating the characters because it's very different from the way Regina, as we know her, speaks. And so I like seeing the twist. In that, uh, we will see that happen later. I want to say it's, it's the first. It, it is, yeah, that first scene where she meets Victor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's definitely that scene. That's what's written next to. Um, this is where I wrote. <laughs> so this Which, is where Doctor. They never say who he is this in this is where, episode. Well, it's in our notes. It's it, they went ahead and wrote just wrote Victor Frankenstein. They kept calling him Victor, the Doctor. They called him Victor. They called him mm-hmm. the doctor. During yeah. the course of this episode, I do not recall them ever using the word So that it was a big surprise whenever he came back at the end. Yeah. Which it was not, so not obvious. Really. Not really. He's not, it's not a surprise. It's just, a, oh, yeah. Um, this is where he's examining Daniel's body, Daniel's pre- magically preserved body. And mm-hmm. this is where I wrote in all caps, how did she preserve him so fast, though? I'm not going to be able to stop thinking she about it didn't know magic when he died she I mean, refused. even showed him cutting the pad of his thumb and like blood and he's coming still out bleeding and being... yeah Ooh. and he's like oh he's in he's in perfect condition except for that he's dead he's like there's no way she could have done that sorry it's true though it's just a convenient plot point plot device yeah um the reason that he hasn't been able to do this, she asks how, how many times he's done this, and he hasn't yet, because none of the regular hearts that he's been getting in his own world are strong enough. He needs an enchanted heart. And he hears that here, if a heart is removed by magic from a person's body, it becomes stronger, and it's, it becomes enchanted. Um, and so Regina refuses to do that herself, but she knows where to find one. We'll get to that. Uh, 
And I wrote, is he intentionally no, like, bluer than everyone else? And yes, he was. Let's let's just say this mm-hmm. about this episode. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of a problem I have with it. In the broader context of the ship, is the fact that Regina magically preserved the body of her dead fiancé for decades in an attempt to bring him back to life ever come up again? No. Did the motivation and explanation that the reason she learned magic in the first place (laughs) was in order to bring her dead fiancé back to life ever brought up again? It was just these few episodes. And that is the problem. Mm-hmm. Because they gave an interesting it, motivation. They sure did. Of she got magic. Her mom had and magic. It, it just and it's becomes the first all time about... she felt powerful for the first time in her life as an abuse victim. And instead they make it all about vengeance towards Snow White. They had deepened the character. They made her more interesting by making her vulnerable. And then they're like, and we're done. Yeah. Back to vengeance. Back to vengeance. So, it's why I, I just I don't I don't understand what was happening in this writer's room. You had so many opportunities to tell a great story, and you said, "Now you no. have to you have to understand that sometimes the facts that have been established complicate the fun parts." Fair. Have you ever been in an improv show? <laughs> yes. <laughs> A few. <laughs> then you I, know. <laughs> I get that. I get that. I'm just like, it's not always clear what kind of show they wanted to 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 have. Yeah, yeah. And seven seasons of watching this, I still don't know. So, so we're gonna move along a little more because I just realized where we are mm-hmm. in relation to the time. Um, so. The next scene, we're back in present day Storybrooke. We, she had already gone down to the psychiatric ward. She goes and she finds horror monster set. The lights are flickering. Everything's torn up. And there's the Dr. Wayne. The ceilings Wale. are low for no apparent reason. Yeah. It's, it's a creepy room with bad lighting and the lighting's flickering. Um, and she finds Dr. Whale minus an arm. Yep. Not, that's not true. The arm's there. It's just not attached. Yep. Um, she, she demands to know why he took Daniel to bring him back. And, uh, he's like, well, he's a monster. He's a monster now. Yep. I made a mess. He's a monster. There's a really good delivery here. There's a really good delivery here where her first, she says why twice. And it's obviously two separate questions because her delivery on the second why is like angry and rough and so different from the first I just found a man on the floor. Why? Why did you do this? Why? Why did you? Do, you did this to yourself. Why? Why? Like just like it's it's two separate questions. Mm-hmm. And I I appreciated that. Um, they were having fun with horror film techniques in this one, and I, oh, because it's Frankenstein, I enjoyed that. Absolutely, and I I don't talk about him a lot, but uh, I love David Anders as, as Doctor Whale in this. I'm a big fan of the other show he was on. I was going to say, every time we talk about Dr. Whale, you talk about this. Uh, watch I Zombie. It's a good show. <laughs> I will It's eventually. a good show. I will eventually. It's It's got my husband on it. Um, not my real husband. My TV husband. <laughs> so, yeah. So, 
Okay, so the next scene, I want to I want to focus on this scene and the scene that comes after it because Sorry, it my TV re- husband is Rahul Kohli. I was wondering because you you didn't say, so I was just going to jump ahead. Yeah, no, my TV um, husband is Rahul Kohli. In this scene, we we draw direct like if they were hinting that oh look at all hinting at all the ways that Regina became her mother. These two scenes just straight up highlight it with the brightest highlighter you can find because it uses the same line both on Cora and on Regina. Um, In the past, Regina leads Victor and Jefferson to Cora's secret vault to pick out an enchanted heart. Jefferson asks, whose hearts are these? And Regina says, I have no idea. She took so many. It was impossible to keep track. She caused so much pain, Um, which is foreshadowing herself. So she's like, just pick one. So in the next scene, uh, outside of the hospital room, David gets a call from the hospital about Dr. Whale being attacked. And of course he gets there. Regina's there. She's the one who reported the attack. How are you always there when these things happen? She's like, no, I was looking for him because reasons he brought, he brought someone from my past back uh, in a bad way. And I found him like this and she tells him he brought my fiance back from the dead. Yes, he was dead. Yes. Daniel, that Daniel, the one you've heard of, um, he used one of the hearts from my vault. You have hearts here? And she repeats word for word. He, Whose heart was it? And she says, I have no idea. I took so many, it was impossible to keep track. So they're not just hinting that she did exactly what she didn't want to do. They're, they're shoving it into the camera and rubbing our nose in it. Once again, telling us a story about the cycle of abuse. Yes. Without ever... Acknowledging calling it that or yes. acknowledging or so so it's a good show in the subtext of this bad show i have i have a question there's one oh, point where she's she's she he doesn't think she's being cooperative enough and she wants to go find daniel and he's like oh i'm gonna come with you and she's like no 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 i know where he is and he's like no you tell me or you go to jail how the heck is he threatening jail what did she do what did she do is she withholding information as to the attack of a person in the hospital? That's the closest I get. How is he? You can't just throw jail around, David. This isn't the Enchanted Forest. He just sucks. <laughs> this was a David Nolan moment and not a Prince Charming moment. He's about to have another David Nolan moment. He's very David Nolan in this episode. A cu- with with Henry, he's Prince Charming. Oh, yeah. When he's in the sheriff's position, he's David Nolan pretending to be Prince Charming. Uh, so I guess it's true. A cab. <laughs> that includes Elf on the Shelf. Oh God, no, no, absolutely includes Elf on the Shelf. No, no elves are allowed in this house. I put too many protective wars around this house for someone to let an elf in. The Elf on the Shelf is a cop. <laughs> the Elf on the Shelf didn't exist when I was a child, so my children don't need him. Thank you very much. There are great things that that could happen. Oh, mm, your hatred for the elf on the shelf is up there with my hatred for the movie Elf. <laughs> oh, I, see, I, I hate Elf. I hate I've the only, movie Elf. Here's I the hate thing. it. I hate it. I've only ever seen the movie Elf once, and I have a sweet memory to it because it was the first time that my now nephew wanted to snuggle with me on the couch. I hate that movie. It's not a good movie, but it was genetically engineered in a lab to be, you know, <laughs> our, 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 our aughts Christmas classic. Yeah. And because of that, Look, I hate it. 
I don't remember the movie. What I remember is sitting next to Luther on the couch during his family's Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever we were celebrating, and his his tiny nephew, who is now like a full grown child, he's a full, still a child, but he's like full grown. He was like little, like he was three or four at the time, and he wanted nothing to do with me. But he saw me and Luther sitting next to each other on the couch with like our arm around each other, and he looked at us and he went, "Are you guys snugging?" And we're like, "Yeah, bud, we're snugging." He was like can I snug with you? And I was like, yeah, you can come snug with me. <laughs> and he like got right in between us and like cuddled up. And so that's, that's the warm fuzzy feeling I have around the movie elf. I didn't watch the movie. See, I was being snuggled by an adorable child. I have the um, reaction to the movie elf that I have to Michael Buble's Christmas album. Oh no, where, don't you dare. Where you are just trying don't to become dare. an instant classic. Oh, when you are not Harry Connick Jr. You're not Harry Connick Jr. You do not belong in this house. Santa. And I will not play you. Santa buddy. <laughs> <laughs> We're passionate this episode. <laughs> we are never getting to the end of this episode. Okay. We're going to get to the end oh of it. Oh my God. Okay. So uh, she says, oh, I think he's doing like you did with your coma. He's going to the last thing he remembers. He's going to the stables. To which... David says, Henry's at the stables. And they rush off to the stables. Um, so, of course, this this zombie dude goes straight to Henry's stall. He scares all the horses, which is, again, another horror trope. The, the horses can smell it, uh, which it I love. He looks like David Tennant from certain angles. He, he looks like David Bowie from certain angles. Mm-hmm. Yes, he looks like David Bowie and David, David Bowie and David Tennant. I just, those aren't, those aren't right, right? No, no, I don't see the Bowie. I see the. I, I saw I saw Bowie a lot. I think it was the scarf and the hair. Mm. I don't know. His profile would catch every now and then, and I would see David Bowie. Um, it's like they had got together and had a baby. Uh, I'd watch that. Yeah. So uh, so Henry Henry's of course in danger because this poor child is a magnet for danger. Um. Then we stop there. We go back to the Enchanted Forest, because why not? Things are getting tense. Let's go to the Enchanted Forest. Uh, yeah. We got to make sure you stick around and watch <laughs> these commercials. Emma has, if we're if we're going full kink, Emma has now tied the guy to a tree after she pulled his hair and, and threatened him with a knife. Um, good for her. Good for her. We're, good we for do him. not kink shame here. They're having a good time. No, they're not. They're not having a good time. because no, now she's threatened- there. It's a little weird. She's a, uh, yeah, mom's there. It's, it's weird now. Um, she's threatening to feed him to the ogres. Uh, she's very confident in her superpower. Mulan's totally cool leaving him there as payback for all the dead villagers once they get the information they need from him. But he's, he's like, look, 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 let me go. Here's the whole truth. I'm Captain Hook. There's my, there's my hook. And Snow White pulls the hook out of the bag. Um, Cora, Cora did all this. I'm in on it with Cora, but I'm only in on it with Cora because she says she will take me to Storybrooke. And there's someone there I want to get revenge on. So if you guys help me and let me come through the portal with you, I can get you to the portal that you need. I'll switch sides. I don't care. I'm not loyal to Cora. Yeah. So here's where I wanted to talk about alignment charts. I can't figure out exactly what his alignment is because he, he becomes a different alignment entirely as the series goes on. Cause spoiler alert, he becomes a regular character. Um, yeah. Um, but at this point, he is chaotic neutral. You'd say chaotic neutral? I was thinking neutral evil, simply because his motivation is to kill someone. But but I can also argue- His motivation argue- is to kill a bad guy. Yeah. Mm, but he's a bad guy too. Um, what has I he can- done wrong? Uh, 
Look, I could also well, it's it's mostly the killing. High seas, fucking and sucking. He's out. He's out for himself. You're right. I can see that. I was also going to argue. Just and this is this is just for right now. This is just for right now. The evil is simply because his sole motivation is revenge. So for me, that's going towards on the evil spectrum because he will do whatever he can to murder this guy. So I could also argue lawful evil because he's following his own justice pirate code. Like, not quite pirate code, not quite justice, but he's trying to get justice. And because he's going to all of these lengths to murder this dude and ruin his life, I put him on the evil spectrum. He becomes, like, neutral neutral later. I I would say he's either chaotic neutral or uh-huh. neutral evil. Okay. Because yeah. Because his motivations neutral are... Neutral evil is where I would go for it, too. Yeah. His motivations don't have anything to do with a greater scheme of what is right and wrong. Yeah. It's very it's- much self-interest. Yeah, I was, I was, if you follow your own per- personal code, that's sort of a lawful too. Like if you don't break your own code, yeah. is why I was going. But for there's lawful. no like codification it, of it. There's, no, it's. I hate this guy. Yeah. He took my hand. Mm-hmm. He killed my wife. Who I'm going to kill him back. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to kill him back. He so, killed my wife. That was his wife that I mm-hmm. seduced him. I'm going to I'm going to stick with my original neutral evil for him in this instance because he's hanging out with the bad guy. And he's not necessarily the best dude. And he also did just l- help a lady rip the hearts out of an entire village. My background in, um, you know, mm-hmm. social media and sh- tells me that we should be pushing for engagement more. So, listeners, tune in and uh, let us know in the comments what you think his proper alignment on a D&D chart should be. And I am completely I'm completely open to being wrong. I don't mind being wrong. I can admit when I'm wrong when presented with proper information that proves that I'm wrong. So tell me I'm wrong. I'm okay with it. Um, Except Regina will always have the shadow of killing Graham over her head. Um if you think that I'm, I'm wrong, wrong, I will share it with Elaine and I will say lol. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Oh, I, I, I participated in a poll that was um, which wizarding house do the members of this show fall into? And I disagreed with some people on some of those things, but I didn't get into it. I didn't get into it. Who did I disagree with most? Snow White. I disagreed with Snow White. What people were voting for Snow White. They were saying Snow White was a Hufflepuff. And I disagree. A Gryffindor. That girl's a Gryffindor. <laughs> yeah, no, Gryffindor. <laughs> People were saying Hufflepuff, and I was like, mm, mm, "No, mm. Gryffindor." The only one that had a hundred percent was Zelina. 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 Oh, Zelina. you know, she doesn't exist. But if yeah. she did, she's a Slytherin, one hundred percent. At the time that mm-hmm. I checked it, that was the only person that everyone agreed on. Oh, that was a good one. I think I would say who I think posted Who's the poll, but house? I don't remember. So. Who's in my house? Ravenclaw. Where's my Ravenclaws at? Who else was a Ravenclaw? They probably put Belle in, which no. Oh, no. Not not this Belle. This Belle's a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love Hufflepuffs. I married one. Uh, mm-hmm. And once again, we do not we do not support the author of this work of fantasy. We we have claimed the world is our own. Yeah. Oh, very much. Uh, uh, Anne McCaffrey, who is my favorite, my actual favorite author, once said, it doesn't matter who wrote a story if the story is good. Uh, which is it's it's one of those quotes where I see what she's getting at like I really enjoyed Ender's Game but heck no I'm not gonna endorse the guy who wrote it Uh, I mean I really enjoy the Mist of Avalon but she's problematic as heck (laughs) 
growing up in the Star Wars fandom. Yeah. In the era of George Lucas rebooting the franchise, not rebooting, but doing the the director's cut versions and then doing the prequels. Um my generation I thought would be very comfortable with uh that author dead. <laughs> this is ours. Yeah. But for some reason when it comes to JK Rowling, we're like, "Oh, Actually, all of her retcons are good, and all of the racism that you noticed that she did, it's not there. We you didn't we, see it. We denounce the author, and we keep her work as our own. Yep. yep. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, <laughs> so, Daniel's moving in. Daniel, like, picks up this child so hard that his feet go up in the air um, by the throat uh, and starts to choke him out as Regina and David rush in. Regina is able to convince zombie Daniel to let Henry go to which David, David does the best thing he does this whole show and just grabs a child and backs out with him. Yeah. He's okay. And tells him to go twice because he knows that child won't listen the first time. Um, once he's gone, he, Daniel, no, David. Oh, it's so confusing now. David helps Regina close him into the stable and he's like, use your magic to get rid of him. She's like, no, I can't use magic. Ah, and he's like, cool, okay, I'll, I'll shoot use him. Magic. I'll shoot him. <laughs> oh, okay. She's like, let me talk to him first. Let me please talk to my fiance. Like she begs him and that finally gets it. Let me talk to my fiance. And he's like. It okay. takes him some time because he's like pushing her away with the gun in his hand. Just like, but no, the, I'm going to kill him. It almost, the guy almost killed Henry. I get it. Still, mm-hmm. still. It's, yeah. it's one of those, it's one of those things in the show where good guys don't kill. Except, except Prince Charming. For David. <laughs> good guys do kill. We see lots of good guys who kill people. And this only applies, It the rule only applies to the women folk. Mm-hmm. It only applies to women uh, that, that, that good people don't do any murder. Um, if you're a woman. Which is... Mm-hmm. If you identify female, if you do a murder, you're bad. Yeah, if you're a femme... You're you're screwed. You cannot do any murder. But if you're a dude, that means you were protecting someone. It's okay to yeah. kill. But what if the woman was protecting someone? Mm, nope, did a murder. Comes into that weird um, morality of the show itself that gets like telegraphed by the writers very frequently. <sighs> Which is yeah, when when men kill, it is justified. When women kill, it is an aberration of nature. <laughs> Yeah. Anywho, we're going to get to see a main character who's a woman do some murder. Hey. Eventually. Yeah. So Victor, we go back to the past and Victor performs the original surgery on Daniel. Mm -hmm. And he goes behind a curtain and she keeps saying, why won't he let us see what he's doing? You know, he's like, oh, well, we wouldn't understand it. What he says, what he does is more powerful than magic. They never want to say it. Every time they do it, I kept going. Even the first time I watched this, I was like, science. 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 It, I play, yeah, I played a D&D game once where I was this guy. I was like, I don't need magic. I have science. Um, oh, it wasn't D&D. It was mage. Uh, uh, but, but he, he wields a card. artificer so, with that, that mentality is so much fun to play. So he goes through the motions of trying to do this. And it's so fast. The procedure is so fast. And he knows so quickly that it failed that it's, obviously suspicious except to regina who had her hopes up for this whole thing with her her dead beloved in this beautiful scarf that uh, she obviously put on him um uh, the that scarf, scarf is, 
that scarf is so overt that the only reason it should be there is if it's there to hide the fact that his head was severed. And it wasn't. And it's just sitting back on his on his shoulders. Yeah, yeah that's, the, the scarf was just so noticeable. And maybe that's why I kept thinking of David Bowie. I think that scarf reminded me of David Bowie. I don't know. I don't know. It, well, it felt like his costuming, Daniel's yeah. costuming, felt very Victorian England. Mm-hmm. Or even like Edwardian. Like, yeah, yeah. It felt like the wrong era for yeah. the fantasy portion are, of this those show. Those are the nicest clothes that that stable boy had. Or she dressed him after she became queen. She dressed him after. Yeah. So she's grief stricken. She runs to the tent and rests her head on his chest. And she uh, turns evil. So back in present day storybook, Regina <laughs> goes sorry. into the... St- <laughs> what? <I'm sorry. laughs> Elaine. Um, do you think the king was aware that Regina, his wife, the queen, kept the body of her fiancé in their basement? It wasn't technically the basement. It was the mausoleum. Still. Her, it was her family mausoleum, right? Yeah. Uh, probably. He probably okayed it because um, that was the, the her beloved stable boy who helped her take care of the horses who died of poor causes. And Snow White would have... Didn't know he was dead. You're right. Thought he ran so, away. So no, this... no, no, no. It was a secret. I had to okay. talk my way out of it. I had to talk. I, my I was wondering because I was like, if I had he to does, talk my way around it. He is did this not. ethical mono- uh, ethical non monogamy, which we can't have in this show? She's just trying to do a necromancy. Yeah. So back in present day Storybrooke, uh, Regina goes to talk to Daniel, and he immediately goes straight for her throat, and not in a fun way. Um, and she's. Able to finally talk to him by saying, I love you. He's able to squash down whatever the thing is inside of him long enough to be himself. And he asks for her to help him. And she says, how? He's like, let me go. Just let me, let me be dead. Uh, he hurts, he hurts from the heart transplant. He wishes to die. And he goes back to the monster state, which forces her to use a magic and to use a Steven Universe term. She poofs him. Mm-hmm. Uh, only there's nothing left when he's done. Which, uh, here here comes the thing you're going to hear me say. Only the good die permanently. Yep. It's, yep. Only the good die permanently in this show. It's a convenient way to get rid of a body, too. He just poofs into dust. And once again, she is heartbroken. Um, I, I will be able to rant more about only the good die permanently in a couple of seasons. Yeah. <sighs> When we fully go and try to bring back a person from the dead. I mean, we could talk about it with Graham, who will once again appear and reappear in flashbacks throughout. His flashbacks, though. Those are flashbacks, but, though. They're not him resurrecting him in present time. But that's time. what I'm saying. He's dead forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Only the good die permanently. But the evil one? The evil ones and the... um The... The medium range alignment chart ones, they get a second and third chance. <sighs> Can you hear my boy screaming at me right now? <laughs> uh, we go back to oh, there is a there is a quick shot that didn't get mentioned in the uh, in the synopsis that we use, where it's just Regina driving her car back from the stables. Just being sad. And that's it. It's just a quick shot of her going back to life as usual and being sad. Uh, she's she's driving to Archie's office, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wrote modern clothes, 80 models cars because yeah. that's, yeah. 
the the fashion evolved uh, whenever they landed in the 80s but the vehicles well, I mean, didn't we did have a lot of um 80s inspired fashion in that particular time yeah it works out in the it early 2000s out. um we had a lot of 80s well, it's, inspired it's, it's the 20 year cycle yeah uh, present day Enchanted Forest, Hook leads them through a forest while uh, Mary Margaret and Emma talk about staying a step ahead of Cora and Hook. And he's like, okay, so Cora needs this one thing. She needs this one compass of mine to open this portal with the magic wardrobe dust she has. But she doesn't have it. It's at the top of that beanstalk and there's a giant guarding it. I just need you to help me get it before Cora does. That's it. So we introduce the next plot, which is the beanstalk. Uh, and then in the past Enchanted Forest, Regina is now in, uh, whenever Regina's heart turned evil, so did her wardrobe. <laughs> yep. She has, she she's, beco- she's become the, the fashion icon, the fashion icon we know and love, and she's evil. Um, and she immediately kills brand new, brand new protege Trish, rips her heart out, smashes it in front of Mr. Gold with Mr. Gold, Rumpelstiltskin. Without even thinking about it. I can't click on a YouTube link right now. Yeah, that's for after. <laughs> I was like, ah, I'm distracted. Um, poor Trish. She got a name and no lines. She got a couple dirty looks too. It was good. Yep. 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 Um, so he's she was good at levitating that rock. She was levitating the heck out of that rock. She was doing a great job. <laughs> and uh, now she's dead because no one is innocent, as we know from a musical. It um, was light as a feather, stiff as a board. <laughs> Uh, so she let go of Daniel. She returns to Archie's office and she admits to Archie tearfully that she used magic. She did a good. She did a good. She let her beloved soul finally rest. It's probably been in limbo this whole time. Saved her adopted son's life. Yeah. She did a good with the magic and she's, it's not, she didn't use it for evil. It wasn't her fault. He came back from the dead. Technically she did preserve him and, have a room full of hearts that she didn't catalog, but you know, whatever. Baby steps. For once, it wasn't her fault. Baby steps. <laughs> that's where I wrote, okay, I've never been in, yeah, that's, I already did this rant, so let me put a check next to that. Doop. Uh, I think that she shouldn't have been upset about that. She should have been more upset about the fact that she finally got to say goodbye to her beloved once again under circumstances that were not ideal, and she had to let him go again, and her heart's rebroken that's what she should have been talking to Archie about. Mm-hmm. This is what holds me back. This is the pain that haunts me. Mm-hmm. Not, I used a magic. Mm-hmm. I had gone two whole days without a magic, and I used a magic to poof my beloved who was going to kill everybody, who ripped yep. off the doctor's arm. It, it, it's hard to be perfect in every way, but we're smarter than the writers of this show. <laughs> it's we really just de- are. It's easy when we're on the outside. I get it. We're on the outside looking in 10 years later, whatever. Uh, Elaine is Elaine is like covering and being polite about it. And I'm being completely unironic. We are hey, so much smarter and better than these writers. I'm a little money. jealous that they got paid for it. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. jealous. They got paid to write a fun show, even if they did have some inconsistencies and holes in the plot. I mean, there's a reason I never worked on a show like this, and it would be I would steal so many frickin' props. <laughs> <I would. laughs> so we're almost done. Mm-hmm. So Rumpelstiltskin meets up with Jefferson and Victor in the forest, where they reveal that it was all a con on Regina. Rumpelstiltskin wanted Regina to finally let go of her 
wanting to bring someone back from the dead. Uh, yep. Jefferson guess got money out of it, and Victor Frankenstein got, got the enchanted heart. heart that he yep. needed to take back to actually do the thing he wants to do. Yeah, um, we'll get so his they all episode, win. his solo episode in a few. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, but we also have his little conclusion coming up in a couple scenes. Yeah. Um. So it all worked out, and they they have a brief little argument over whether magic is stronger than whatever it is that. Dr. Frankenstein is using science. And when he's like, no, hands, hands down, hands down, what I'm doing is more important than magic. Yeah, I needed magic to make it happen, but it can't happen without what I'm doing. To which Rumpelstiltskin is like, I'll take that bet. You're going to, one day you're going to come to me and say, you need magic. Uh, Jefferson opens the portal, takes him home, as Rumpelstiltskin reminds the doctor that all magic comes with a price. Remember that. Whatever you deal in. It comes with a price. Mm-hmm. In Storybrooke, Dr. Whale stumbles into a pawn shop with a bloody igloo uh, containing his arm and asks Mr. Gold to please reattach it. And Mr. Gold's like, what do you say? Please? No. I need magic. And magic is it. cooler than science. <laughs> when I say I charge an arm and a leg. <laughs> um, He's very relaxed for um, having an open bloody stump. I think he's still medicated. Oh, probably. Yeah. Um, and Mr. Gold is also like, so why did you bring the dead guy back? He's like, oh, I thought if I helped her, she'd send me home to my brother. I, yes, magic's important. Help me. He attaches the limb. And then we have our final scene, which is Victor going to the land of no color, the land without color, which is, I only know that it's called that because it's in the notes. Because it's in the notes. It's in the wiki. As the Uh, land without color. And he successfully, successfully, in air quotes, resurrects his deceased brother using the enchanted heart. Um, The heart is the only thing in color, which is really cool because this whole land's in black and white. Uh, I wrote, is Dorothy from here too? But you pointed out, no, she's from a place without magic. Yes. Even though I'm going to, hold on, the tornado itself was magic. Yes. So how did it get there? Magic bleeds into our world. You're right. Repeatedly you're right. over the course and of this series. Hence Storybrooke. Yeah. Um, it's magic. And not Do- just Storybrooke. And, and here's where we finally get the reveal. It's magic, Dr. Frankenstein. No, it's not magic. It's science. Science. He doesn't say it the way I wanted him to say it. Yeah. But he just says it's science. And I'm like, hmm. Hmm. I wanted him to say it like uh, science. Like she blinded, she me, blinded with me with science. Yep. And that's it. That's this episode, which we liked, but it also made us talk about. It. There were a lot of things to talk about outside of the episode on this one, like oh yeah, how addiction is handled and Hogwarts houses. I'm just gonna say, I think we did a good job at podcasting today. I had fun. I yeah. had fun with this one. Me too. Mm-hmm. Ah, so uh, best dressed. I actually really liked Victor. All right. Yeah. Past Victor. I love that coat. I love I love a Howie coat. I love the lines of it, the tiny glasses mm-hmm. that made me think of um oh god, what is it? The Bram Stoker's Dracula by Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, oh, um that guy. That guy who's in everything. You know who I'm talking about? Yes. He's he was in Harry Potter because there's Gary a lot Oldman. Of Gary Oldman. Yeah, <laughs> I thought of I thought of his uh, tiny tiny glasses he wore when he is a young Dracula when oh, he nice. arrives in London. I, I loved it. I, I enjoyed it immensely. 
It's good. Uh, it's good I, I can't. And I like stop, that it was green. I can't stop thinking about no. that white beaded cloak that Regina wears in mm. that half a scene where she's looking at Daniel. Like that's I can't stop thinking about Regina's white beaded cloak. It's beautiful, and I want it. And I think that's my favorite costume piece of the show. So I guess it wins. Also, um, honorable mention to Dark Sorceress uh, Trish. Gone but not forgotten. I liked Trish's outfit. I really liked Trish's outfit. It was super cute. I want that on myself at the Renaissance Festival. I saw it. I was like, oh, this is a good outfit. Oh, she dead, dead. <laughs> She's dead, dead. Um, and also, Regina, another honorable mention is Regina's first evil outfit ever. Yeah. Uh, Which is not her best evil outfit, mm-hmm. but is all of the pieces that become every other evil outfit that she yes, wears. Yes. Uh, so, um, out of out of uncatalogued Enchanted Hearts, mm-hmm. I will give this one four out of five uncatalogued Enchanted Hearts. And only a four. It only gets a four because I was able to poke holes in the plot. Okay. Um, I thought it was a three. Okay. I don't think it was a bad episode. I think it was a good episode. I, I I enjoyed it so much that I give it a four. Um, I was a little bored by it. That's fair. But I didn't get angry at it. You the know, way wait, I did last hold week. on, hold on. Am I giving it a four just because the last episode I hated so much? I'm should I in. should I attempt to temper my rating? If I had if this had gone after a charming and snow episode, would it still be a four to me? And that's how I rate this. I rate this within the context of Once Upon a Time. This is why I need show. to. This is why I need to do that spreadsheet that Evil Unicorn set out for me. <laughs> you didn't look at the spreadsheet. I need that to make the it. amazing Evil Unicorn has already made for us. I know. I need to. I need to actually put it together. I'm sorry. I have a baby. Have I mentioned that? Um, okay. So it's not a spreadsheet, but it's a so, Twitter thread. Hold on. Let me reevaluate where the bar is set. The bar is set. At the early Snow White Prince Charming episodes that were so good because their chemistry is so good and their backstory is so good together. So that's my five, right? I mean, we don't do partials, but this is a solid 3.5 at the same time. So if I hadn't been able, if I hadn't been able to poke holes in the plot, I would have given this a four. Because I can poke holes in the plot. And this is not just so I can be even Z's with Mads. Mads just made a good point that this one seemed amazing compared to the crocodile. So (laughs) I have to temper that. So I will give this a solid three that would have been a four if the mad, the poking holes in the plot thing hadn't happened. For me, it's not the plot thing. For me, it's the plot thing. Had the plot of this episode had any impact Mm. on the rest of the series. Yes. In any way, shape, or form, then yes, I would have given it a four because it was introducing a really strong concept and mm-hmm. awesome things. That counts as poking uh, but, holes in the plot to me. Yeah, it it didn't. This is a this is like trying to plug your boat with the holiest part of the Swiss cheese. Yep. Let me let me get this water out of my boat with this colander. Mm-hmm. It'll happen eventually, but it's not it's not convenient. <laughs> Well, fortunately, next week we have, uh, let's see, Once Upon a Time, next week we're going to be delving into Tallahassee. Yes. Oh, I love that we're giving little previews for next week now. Oh, oh yes, yes, we finally, yes. Yes, it's finally Tallahassee time. I saw okay. that. Tallahassee is one of my favorite episodes. Awesome. 
Oh, I can't wait till we tear it apart. Oh, we're going to rip it a new one. Because <laughs> uh, there was a lot I noticed this watch through that I didn't see the first three times. But I'm excited. We are watching one of my favorites. Oh, so. good. I'm glad. All right. I love Yagama with her glasses. I'm so excited. Can we do next week right now? Okay, bye. Go away, everyone. <laughs> we're recording this. <laughs> well, on that note, thank you so much for joining us. This has been Storybroke. Miserably ever after. This has been Storybroke, Miserably Ever After, a Your Pretty Friend production. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and review us almost anywhere fine podcasts are downloaded. You can also follow us on Twitter at StorybrokePod. This episode has been made possible thanks to the love and support of our spouses and listeners like you. Thank Thank you. you.